Welcome to the CXM Experience, where experience is the new brand. And, you know, I'm the CXO at Sprinkler. My name is Grad Khan. And, uh, you know, what's great about working at Sprinkler is this is a company that really knows how to put uh, experience in CXM. And every day I work with customers around the world who are creating amazing experiences for their customers, leveraging the power of Sprinkler's ability to listen to what people are saying about products and experiences to learn by using the world's most advanced AI system to really get a handle on what people are saying and then to be able to allow people to take action right away so you can love your customers back. And that's why we say at Sprinkler, uh, it's all about loving your customers. So um, it's kind of that really cool week, my favorite week, I think, of the year, which is that week just between Christmas and New Year's. And, uh, you know, Christmas is wonderful. And we've had some, we had some great shows about Christmas and, you know, you've heard some of my memories there. I had another spectacular year of amazing memories this year. I'm not going to go into it right now, but uh, we'll talk about that over the coming months. But it was really marvelous in so many different ways. I can't even describe it, but uh, great days. Uh, and then those days right around New Year's are also really nice. New Year's Eve is always a lot of fun. We're going to be doing something with friends this year in a um, kind of socially distanced Zoom way, but you know, sharing the same um, champagnes and the same foods and the same show. We're going to be seeing Pink Martini, actually. They're doing a great show on New Year's Eve, so subscribe to that. You can do that on ourconcerts.live, Pink Martini. I think it's something like Good Riddance 2020, <laughs> Hello 2021. So, but but this is a, just a wonderful week because it's it's a week where pretty much you know work is pretty light. You know, it's a good week to catch up. It's a good week to organize. I often actually went in the office this week uh, over many years where I would use it to kind of get set for the new year, set goals and objectives. Um, this year, I'm doing some some similar things, but more on a personal level. Uh, it's a really great time for reflection, for for thinking about uh, what's happened and what's coming. Uh, and it's a really great time for predictions. Yeah. Yeah. Predictions for the new year. Now, there's a great Yogi Berra saying, which is um, uh, the future is really hard to predict because it hasn't happened yet. That's <laughs> one of my favorites. You know, the future is hard to predict because it hasn't happened yet. Um, but I am going to sort of start making some predictions. So the shows for the rest of this week, as we wind into the new year, will be a series of prediction shows. Now, uh, this kind of custom, actually, obviously, there's many types of predictions that occur. But a show that's been really influential uh, to me over many, many decades, I guess, at this point, is the McLaughlin Group. Uh, which was a show founded by John McLaughlin uh, back in the mid 80s. I've seen not every episode, but I've seen it consistently since that time. So I've been watching it consistently since the, the mid 80s. And uh, there were periods of time maybe where I didn't watch it as much. Don't know why. Uh, you know, you just kind of get off the, off the um, rhythm. Um, but uh, watched it very consistently through John's death a few years ago. Uh, it's been brought back to life a couple of. Uh, uh, shots at it. And I think now it's on Maryland public television and doing quite well. Uh, the new host is Tom Rogan, who is a disciple of John McLaughlin's and it regularly features uh, every week, Eleanor Clift, Pat Buchanan and Clarence page. And then they always have a guest. 
and they've had some excellent guests uh, over the last uh, year. So I've been really enjoying that. And um, I think Tom's doing a fabulous job and it's been uh, pretty tricky because they're all doing it from their homes now. And I do, I will say like every once in a while, I think Eleanor, Pat, clean up your rooms. Like, <laughs> like what are you doing? I mean, it looks like, like, don't they have anyone to help them clean or just organize a few files or like shove those boxes out of the camera or something? I mean, come on, make it look like you're trying. Uh, but anyway, the commentary is great and it's wonderful to see them, I guess, in their natural environment. Uh, you know, that show's had some incredible people on it over the years. You know, Mort Zuckerman was, uh, who's actually a Canadian, uh, Mort Zuckerman was on it for, for a very long time. And, and even in some of the newer incarnations of Tom Rogan, um, great contrarian a uh, great incisive thought thinker uh, in terms of the economy. Um, very famously in the early days, Jack Germond, who's kind of that classic, crusty, old newspaper person. Uh, he actually got into a feud with John McLaughlin and left the show and never reconciled. Uh, Jack died many years before John, but they never reconciled. And Jack felt that the show uh, was um, demeaning to uh, journalism. And John thought that Jack was... Um, being uh, mean. Uh, Mort Kondraki uh, was on for many, many years. Uh, Fred Barnes, if you know, remember Fred Barnes. Uh, Robert Novak uh, has been there. Chris Matthews has been on the show. Mark Shields uh, has been on the show. Even Tucker Carlson, David Frum, uh, Lawrence O'Donnell, people like that have been on it. Ariana Huffington's made made a few appearances on the show and uh, and so on and so on. And so, um, so let me talk a little bit what they do. So every year, what I love about the McLaughlin group is that John McLaughlin, from the time he started the show and literally until his death, he never missed a week. He did the show every single Friday his whole life. And his last show, he actually recorded an introduction to the show from his hospital bed. He'd had cancer for a couple of years. He recorded from his, from his hospital bed. And then uh, died a few days later. And then the show just stopped completely at that point. Um, but it was amazing. Like in the last year, especially, you could see that John was quite sick. And he had like, you could see IVs in his hands and all sorts of things. And he just, he kept plowing ahead and kept doing the show. And you know, he was famous for The Correct Answer Is. And, you know, it was kind of the first show to really introduce a lot of the confrontational journalism that we see today. And interestingly, uh, John McLaughlin was um, a minister. So he, he kind of came from a, a, a debating style that was kind of came from that ecumenical sort of strain. Anyway, so every year, John will do a series of shows uh, near the end of the year. And the last two are usually predictions for the following year. Uh, and they'll make political predictions. So I'm not going to make political, political predictions. I think um, I'll predict that Joe Biden will become sworn in as next president of the United States. That feels like pretty safe bet, although I'm not a hundred percent. Um, I think it's a pretty safe bet and, um, I'll predict a political obscurity for a few others. I think Mike Pence will move on to political obscurity. Um, but that's, that's probably enough politics for now. And we're going to go into marketing predictions. So what are my predictions for 2021? I'm going to start first in, uh, what I think is going to be an interesting marketing prediction, which is I say that 2021 we'll see the beginnings of the true legitimization of Bitcoin. And uh, I think we still have many years to go and there's a lot there's a lot left to be desired in terms of Bitcoin. But we're going to start to see some of the major trading desks and banks getting into Bitcoin. And the amount of money that's been dumped by feds across all the Western democracies in particular is going to cause a weakening 
of the dollar's reserve status and a weakening of the overall value of general currencies. And uh, Bitcoin, because it's restricted to a certain number of units, um, potentially has the ability to become the new reserve currency of the world. Now, it's not going to happen for a while, but that that's a move that will start in 2021. Uh, what that means is that you're going to start to see Bitcoin being accepted as a currency by merchants, or you're going to see customers wanting to use it as a currency with merchants. Um, there are already some merchants online who only take crypto. Think about that. Right now, today, there are people who are running businesses on the internet and they run them only on crypto. So that's going to keep happening. And so as a marketer, how are you thinking about how you incorporate cryptocurrencies into your buying and purchase patterns? Uh, right now, everyone's just, you know, kind of taking credit cards and using the typical Shopify interfaces. What's going to be your crypto interface to be able to transact with customers who may have a fairly significant amount of cryptocurrency on hand and they want to buy some of your goods? I think this would be particularly important in the luxury goods space where uh, LMVH was going to need to think about this across their brands, especially the Richelieu brands, um, because those are often seen as goods that people want to buy with crypto because sometimes crypto is seen as almost free money. So this is my chance to get that car, that purse, uh, that pen, uh, that whatever. And so thinking about how to take those currencies and how to trust them, I think will be really important. Uh, the trust around Bitcoin um, is a bit of a, a dodgy proposition. Um, there is a very interesting company out there named Chainalysis. And Chainalysis has actually worked really closely with a lot of governments and some of the banks to create uh, trust in Bitcoin. Uh, or, um, and, but you know, retail merchants are not kind of part of their zone right now, but it feels like that could totally be part of it. Uh, and what's interesting about Chainalysis is that uh, the thing they talk about with Bitcoin and blockchain is that the blockchain contains the record of the transactions. However, uh, the blockchain record is not all of the uh, issues around the transaction. The blockchain records the transaction occurred, but doesn't include the metadata around who and where and from. And Chainalysis collects that information in addition, in real time. So Chainalysis has essentially a, essentially a secondary um, Bitcoin, bit blockchain um, metadata stream that allows them to be able to show where transaction went and where they came from and gives them a fairly interesting look at the universe. So companies like that should become quite interesting. Um, companies in that space will become quite interesting. And then you at the same time are seeing this great movement by all the platforms, social platforms like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, but particularly Facebook and Instagram, uh, we're obviously the same company, I know that, um, who are moving into commerce. And this idea of conversational commerce, which really takes the best of an in-store experience, talking to somebody, and the best of the online experience, which is doing it from home, and brings them together. And this conversational commerce movement is pretty early, but we're seeing very high levels of interest in it from our customers here at Sprinkler. And we actually think that it's going to be probably the thing that's going to sort of blow the doors off. I'm going to talk more about conversational commerce in my next prediction, but for Facebook and Instagram, they have to think about crypto. They're going to have to think about how they're going to manage crypto. How are they going to use the metadata streams from companies like Chainalysis to have trust in what they're seeing from a crypto standpoint and how do they accept that alternative form of payment? And again, maybe 
maybe not this year will not be the year of everything going to crypto, but within five years, it's going to be a major currency that'll need to be accepted. So you have to start, you have to start relatively early. There is an opportunity for some of these platforms to get ahead of the uh, banks and get ahead of other retail channels to get ahead of Shopify, people like that by being an early mover on crypto. So look for more action in that front over 2021. So that's the first prediction. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about conversational commerce. And we'll talk a little bit about where that's going. And I'll, I'll sort of go delve deep into that. And just as a preview, and this shouldn't come as a great surprise, but we have some very interesting technology at Sprinkler on making that happen for some of the world's largest brands. And so we'll can't get into too many details there, but I'll we'll tease that a little bit just so you're, you're aware of it and you can find out more and I'll show you where to do that. So for the CXM experience, it's 2021 predictions. I'm Grad Khan, and I'll see you next time.